Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, it is a joy to worship with all of you this day. Friends, we are sad to hear that our friend and pastor, Rachel, received disappointing news this past week about her husband, Matt. As a church, we continue to lift up Matt, Rachel, and their family in our prayers as we seek to support them in this difficult time. Please know that if you have any questions or concerns, you can reach out to myself or Pastor Jack this week and in coming weeks. Friends, in this Lenten season, we are reminded that we are all on different roads, gathering from our own individual journeys. But the good news is that we have found ourselves here. And when we are here together, we rely on the strength, the confidence, and the faith of one another. So I invite you to lay down whatever you are carrying, cross over the threshold to this divine space, be as you are, and witness the ways God is among us. Let us worship God together. Let us worship God by using the responsive call to worship as found in your home bulletin. Holy God, who calls us, oh, that we might listen. Holy God, who speaks to us, oh, that we might hear. Holy God, who keeps appealing to us, oh, that we might see and in seeing, comprehend the quiet purposes of limited love, forgiveness, and grace. Let us worship God together. Friends, God calls us to listen, to hear, to see, to sense our God among us. But all too often, we turn away from God. And yet our loving and merciful creator is always there to receive us no matter what. So let us again return to our God and confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Eternal God, who knows when we lie down and when we are awake, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget when our hearts are in the dark. Cleanse us from all our offenses. Deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are, and lead us along the way what we shall be, to the glory of your holy name. Beloved, the Lord forgives those who repent, 
And they who do become God's children and God's servants and through them seeks to heal the world's gaping wounds and the hurts that people inflict upon one another. Friends, let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. that we use all the time and uh, don't appreciate until they're gone. 
and we're hoping to give them to other folks in our food center. And one of the final things I want to show you is we have in here a card. It's a postcard. On the front it says we're thinking of you, and on the back it's already addressed to somebody in the congregation who you can send a nice note with you and your family to this person. It's a great way for us to say hello and see how people are doing, even though we don't get to see them physically in the sanctuary as much. So we're hoping that you'll join us. And the last thing is we have different materials that you might need during this season of Lent. We have lights to light your path along the way. We have seashells to remind us of creation and our baptism. We have stones to remind us that God is around us all the time. And we have crosses that will bring us to, towards Easter and Holy Week. So I hope with everything in this bag that you feel like you can have the church in your home, even though you can't come in the church building. And I hope that we'll all grow together in this season of Lent. You think you could do that? Okay. Let's pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you. For Lenten bags and ways to be with you. And we pray that you help us grow together this Lent. Amen. Until next time, young friends. As we come before God to hear the words of Scripture, let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also believe and obey your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The scripture lesson today is Psalm number 88. It is a prayer of suffering. Let us hear the word of God. O Lord, God of my salvation, when at night I cry out in your presence, let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like those who have no help like those forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. But you have put me in the depths of the pit, 
in the regions of dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a thing of horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call on you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the shades rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your saving help in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O oh Lord, cry out to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why have you cast me off? Why do you hide your face from me? Wretched and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am desperate. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dread assaults destroy me. You surround me like a flood all day long. For all sides, they close in on me. You have caused friend and neighbor to shun me. My companions are in darkness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 88 that I just read is called a lament. It is a psalm, one of those psalms that is a prayer for help, a prayer to God for assistance. Specifically, it is a call for divine rescue from a crisis such as war or personal enemies or ailments. So you could say that today we have a psalmist who is singing the blues. You know the blues. They are those feelings that invade our mental condition when we are sad and full of melancholy. Famous blues singers include B.B. King, Etta James, Muddy Waters, but the Beatles and Eric Clapton have also been praised for some of their blues songs. Singing the blues expresses feelings rather than tell a story. And the emotion expressed is generally due to problems of love. One of the greatest was B.B. King, who sang, The thrill is gone, the thrill is gone away. The thrill is gone, baby. A man named Howlin' Wolf sang a song titled, I asked my baby for water, 
and she gave me gasoline. That's a problem of love. And Bill Withers saying, ain't no sunshine when she's gone. That might very well be the theme of Psalm 88, since the psalmist in a, is in a place without sunshine. Indeed, the last word of the psalm is darkness. But the relationship problem is not with a beloved individual, but with God. Is, is there any remedy for these blues? Let us see. As I said, Psalm 88 is a cry to God for help. The sufferer is ill because of some unspecified disease or disorder. There is pain and despair. Death is expected. And it is also expected that there will be no new life after death. The psalmist contemplates going to Sheol, the abode of dead people. When this psalm was written, the Jews believed that Sheol was the place of the dead, but it was a place of non-being. Some folks might say it's kind of like zombie land. It is a place inhabited by non-beings and they are forgotten by God. This place of the afterlife is not a mansion in the sweet by and by. There are no angels, no pearly gates, no fire and brimstone or whatever you imagine that place of eternity to be. The world of the dead is portrayed here as a place where there is no praise of God and not even the ability to remember the saving acts of God. And the author cries out in anger to God, You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a thing of horror to them. Your wrath has swept over me. And he punctuates the complaints with the, in the last verse with a depressing exclamation. My companions are in darkness. This phrase more likely should be translated as my companion is darkness. My companion is darkness. Not a companion that you would like to wrap your, wrap your arms around. But if you could wrap your arms around that kind of darkness, it probably would feel like hugging Darth Vader. But you see, the relationship problem rests with the person who laments. In the earliest stages of the Jewish faith, The Israelites interpreted suffering as a divine punishment for sin. They were firmly convinced that a moral order guides the destinies of men and women. They did not know about viruses or bacteria or genetics or smoking or pollution that might cause illness. 
right behavior toward one another according to the Mosaic law was necessary to prevent the onset of these natural evils like illness, mental anguish, and famine. The very presence of any of these health issues, mental or physical, was an indication that men and women had a broken relationship with God. Unrighteous and sinful behavior assured a crisis, they believed. And even though the wicked might prosper for a while, the faithful were sure that God's righteous judgment would eventually reach them, too. Most laments move toward hope and close with thanksgiving. And a mention of a rising sun usually signals hope. But when the morning dawns in this psalm, there is only pain and despair and unanswered prayer. There is no confidence of being rescued by God and no assurance of hope in the future. Psalm 88 is regarded widely as the gloomiest of all the prayers for help. One biblical scholar described it as the most dismal of all the laments. Well, having heard what I've been saying, I can hear some of you already asking to be rescued from this sermon. Look, Reverend, we have had enough sadness and gloom already. Over half a million people have died of the virus in this country. Friends, neighbors, and family members are competing against one another to find the vaccine, while others are abandoned. Millions of people are still out of work. Congress is fighting among themselves. The fight for racial and economic justice is ongoing. We are tired, anxious, and desperate. Just like the psalmist. And like the psalmist, we cry too, get me out of this pit. Be assured, the books of the Bible and the Psalms and the letters contain knowledge of the nature of God. And they wouldn't be in the Bible unless there was some sense of knowing that in those words lies God's desire for all people and the whole world to be redeemed. There are redeeming qualities in the blues of Psalm 88. Do you hear it? Three times the psalmist lifts a voice from under the crushing weight of tribulation, calling on God for help. Every day I call on you, O Lord, but I, O Lord, cry out to you. And at the beginning of the psalm, we have, O Lord, God of my salvation. These cries signal that even in complete suffering, 
a relationship still exists between the sufferer and God. Here is the hope connection and the substance of a remedy. If hope is to be found in this horrible and sorrowful song, then it amounts to saying that nowhere in the Bible is a believer's hopelessness hopeless. Nowhere is their hopelessness totally hopeless. For Christians, however, the redeeming quality of faith is more than a cry to God for health, for help. It is more than a cry or a prayer for a cure. Psalm 88 tells the reader that in death you can only rely on separation from God, now and forever. A Christian cannot affirm that. Christians pray the opposite. We pray for forgiveness and give thanks for life eternal through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the sinless one, was willing to suffer and die for the lives of sinners. In receiving forgiveness for the repentance of sins, the connection to God is made and remade to the eternal glory of God. While pain, illness, and death are part of life in this imperfect world, Faith in Christ shows us that suffering does not need to signal abandonment. Indeed, faith provides a large measure of health in the midst of crisis and hope. Typically, Americans define health as a state of youthful, robust fitness wrapped in spandex. We are healthy until something goes wrong. Then we are sick or ill and call on the medical care system to do the necessary repairs. A technical healing may not include the spiritual dimension shown to us by Jesus. When Jesus healed people, he restored them to physical health and often pronounced, your faith has made you well. While healing the body, he was able to relieve the burden of sin and alienation. We were able to see the gracious action of God in Christ's ministry. And Jesus restored people to physical health and in the process of healing, also healed spiritual ills. In forgiveness, people were returned to their families. He righted the relationship and allowed people to resume their activities. This can be true too, even if physical health is not fully restored. A person can be injured, 
possessed of a disabling condition, have a part of the body that is malformed, and yet with those conditions there can be a healthy state if that person is given a proper assistance and opportunity by the community to thrive. And those facing a terminal illness with the physical body failing but possessed of good spiritual and mental support and love can be said to be healthy. Physical healing may be out of the question, yet suffering and death, however sad, however painful the dying, that can be faced with a degree of confident assurance. When the dying person is loved and possessed of a faith-supported hope in God's continuing presence. It is an environment that is not disabling, but empowering. And it empowers the sufferer to pray, not my will be done, O Lord, but yours. People do fear death, and even if that fear is overcome, there is reluctance to die. We ought not to feel guilty over being reluctant to die. Jesus in Gethsemane prayed that the cup might pass from him. It is human and natural to want to cling to life. But Christian faith teaches us that we really have nothing to fear in death except fear itself. Christ has conquered death. Death has no more dominion. And though we cry out or sing the blues, we do it with the assurance of a present and future hope and with the confidence that if we are not healed in this life, we will certainly be restored and healed in the next. A small boy was going home in the dark, and he was whistling. When asked why, he said, I thought if there were some other little kids out in the dark and they are scared, They'd like to hear me whistling. People of all ages like to hear and see things that make them less afraid and more secure. We as Christians and as the Church of Jesus Christ have a message to whistle in the dark so that others might hear and learn. And that message is Whoever believes in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Let us pray.
Lord God be with us. May these words come into us. Fill our hearts with new understanding so that we might be better servants in your name. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Friends, as we wait for the healing and restoration promised to us, we rely on the power of our faith to recognize the life that we have this day. So together, let us affirm what we believe using your bulletin and joining together in the Apostles' Creed. Let us state what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Beloved Church, Having heard the word read and proclaimed this morning, let us notice the movement of the Spirit in our lives and heart. As our hymn is offered up as a musical response, let us reflect on the gifts offered to us by God in seasons of light and in seasons of darkness. Let us reflect on God's gift of healing and restoration offered to us this season.
Let us come unto God in prayer. Raising up our voices to give thanks and to call upon God for the thoughts and needs of our heart and our friends and our family and those around us. Let us pray. Almighty God, creator of the good earth, heaven, and sea, you are the breath of life to all humankind. You are the Lord of all birth, life, death, and resurrection. Thanks be to the God of my salvation. When we need you, O God, you are there, even when you seem far away. At this moment, you are present. When our eyes are wet with tears and when our hearts are anxious, you are still there. You are present when we have a worry when we worry about the places outside our doors or worry about the feelings in the depths of our being. Give us quiet even in the midst of troubles so that we may find times of gladness in our worship, in our work, and in our play and give you glory. God of all knowing and ever presence. We pray as the body of Christ for those who are suffering heavily today. For we know of ones in our own presence and congregation who are grieving the loss of a spouse or loved one. There are many people who are bearing overwhelming physical and mental burdens. Be with them as well as to be with those who are hungry, out of work, and anxious to find a vaccine. God in Christ, Lord of Lent, as we walk with you to the cross, be with us and grant us a pure heart that we may see you and with a loving heart that we may serve you. God of forever and of now, hear us as we pray with confidence of Christ in saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help those who suffer. Honor all people. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in all ways. The Lord of peace go with you. Amen.